everybody. It's Wayne with Mark and Areed, and we are so excited that you've come to watch the Eat Community Podcast. We know you're going to enjoy it. We actually did it live originally on our Eat Community webinar series, which we also invite you to come to, but you will love this podcast that you're going to be listening to right now. Hey everybody, it is Wayne and Mark and I am on the road and in beautiful Brigham City, Utah. Brigham City is about 100 miles, maybe not quite that, 70 miles outside of Salt Lake City. Um, and I am driving towards Boise, Idaho. And, and, I, and once I get on the road again, I'll be about four hours away a little less than that. I am stopped now. I intended to be actually driving because I have a good internet signal when I'm on the road. Deb was going to drive and I'd be able to talk with all you all, but um, we had a flat tire and uh, it's being repaired right now and replaced. And uh, once that's done and we're done with the webinar, then we'll be back on the road again. So anyway, that's what my status is. But this is the session of Talk with Wayne, and please throw any questions you guys have, any comments that you have into the talk section. I'm not going to put the camera on me, not that it matters that much. I might flip it for a second here, um, and then I'll put it back. The street's actually better to look at. It's just I'm literally out here in the middle of, <laughs> with, this, yeah, with the sun and weird angles and have a hat on and I don't know that it is that great of a view. It's better to be looking out at what's going on around. So I'm going to switch this again. Um, anyway, Mark, what are your, some of your thoughts today? Anything new in your life? Um, I'm excited about my band. You know, I've got my yeah. band together. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so everybody back before the pandemic, um, yeah. uh, Mark, and even a little before that, right, Mark? When did you guys last play? Well, we we had we had a, a last played at a radio show, and that was for a couple of hours, and then we had a, a like a disagreement sort of with our main vocal, and he's uh, like, we we're still missing that guy, so he's not back. All except him and the lead guitar, he's in Canada now. So all except these two guys, we have, um, the bass guitar and the rhythm guitar, keyboard player, and myself. So four guys are back. So we are still. <laughs> so we so had a disagreement. You, you remember when you did that radio show? When was that? I lose track oh, of time. That, it had, has to be in 2017 or 18. I thought it was. Yeah, it was yeah. a while ago. It was like five years ago, five, six. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, is, uh, and gosh, four of the six of you being back is pretty cool. That's yes. pretty neat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and now you did, then you replaced the, the singer and the, and the lead guitarist, yeah. I'm assuming. So, Right, we're looking for. Uh, um, uh, actually, we can do without a lead guitarist. Just one okay. guitar is fine, but we need yeah. a lead. Uh, we need a front man or woman. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. Any of you that are out there watching this, if you uh, if you think you could do that and you want to be able to perform <laughs> in Bangladesh, um, right. make sure that uh, you let us know, <laughs> and we'll. <laughs> We'll figure out how to get you connected. Um, yep. So that'd be cool. Um, and then, um, so shoot, that was, yeah, man, I lose track of time. Mark and I have been together now, everybody doing stuff on the EAT and economics and all the other associated businesses that we have for almost probably 11 years, if not over that. So it's time, you know, you lose a little bit of track over time. I'm walking around in a neighborhood here. Boy, it gets nice and quiet, Mark, once you get off the main street um, that I was on. So um, you seen any questions from anybody or comments, Mark? I, I see uh, uh, Alicia put in um, a Great Lakes uh, wetland 
monitoring program. So uh, she put in a lot of information here. So these are really great. Uh, and I, I don't see any questions. I see that floating sea farms, a solution to feed um, a lot of information here. So right, cool. uh, just, okay. yeah. All right. Um, Alicia's always doing us good that way. Um, well, again, I mentioned that I'm on the road and just the first day we left early this morning, really early, five o'clock, five a.m. And, and um, we'll, like, we'll be into Boise, Idaho this evening. And then we're going to go on from there to uh, the Clam, not Klamath, um, the um, Philomath, which is a little town, but Corvallis, Oregon area, which is where Oregon State University is located. And um, we're going to compete with our dogs in a, in a national championship for, um, for retrievers. And uh, we're fortunate to be able to qualify for that and, and uh, be able to go out and do that. And this particular area is also where our daughter and our son-in-law live. And they have a baby that was born in April, actually on April 1st, April Fool's Day. And uh, they're going to uh, we'll be able to be with them while we're there out in Oregon. And then we'll come back and go through Boise again and ultimately through into eastern Idaho and do another dog competition before we drive home. And we'll get home um, about 10 days from now on a Monday. Um, and uh, that's what we're going to be up to over the next week. 10 days and um if you guys can let us know some things you're up to um that'd be great um i am doing this from my cell phone and by the way mark it did show up you know as on my list that with zoom we we switched several weeks back now from go to webinar that we'd used for a lot of years because before we started eat we used to do what we called you know what? Let's throw it out there. If somebody guesses this while they're on, we'll give them some kind of a prize for a period of time before we started doing the EAT program, which was June 6th, 2016. Okay. Before that, we did something we called something else, and we didn't do it quite as often but we did do it and if anybody can guess what that is including alicia that's all right it can be anybody alicia's just with us a lot but she probably can pick it right off the top of her head but we called it a different name and if you can come up with that we'll give you some kind of a prize the other thing that we've been doing over the last um, several weeks but put a lot of effort into it this week is we're um, authoring a bunch of new books that we're going to publish and let's see the topics um and mark and mark's been working on them and i have and, and other members of the team we've used a little bit of ai um, one of them is on backyard aquaculture uh, which is you guys probably know is, is a little bit of an expertise of mine um, another one is on juicing which is only an expertise because i do do juicing and i drink different things that I will make and that, that others in my family will make. And literally, we believe what we're going to show you in this ebook is going to be good for anyone. And I call it an ebook. It'll actually be able to be a full-blown book. We're going to make it available for a considerable discount, if not for free, to members of our of our eat community. And then we're going to also be selling it uh, in, on our website and also on Amazon. Um, and uh, you're going to have access a bunch of different ways. So again, one of them is on juicing. Another one is on backyard aquaculture. A third one is on the scourge of blue-green algae in lakes and ponds, which is horrible here in the United States this year. And there have been people that have died from it. There have been animals, pets that have died as they've gone into waters that are contaminated. And so we're um, describing it, how you can identify it, um, how you can solve it, uh, all kinds of things, um, very in-depth. 
uh, book. And then the third one is on how to naturally, so not using chemicals, naturally, organically, uh, a regenerative manner, you can eradicate cattails in, in aquatic systems. And the reason that that's got some value is that they can overrun systems as they go through succession. So cattails become the last stage that a wetland system, that an aquatic system will go through before it goes back to being uh, terrestrial land. Um, and again, that's usually because of a lot of factors. Um, and it's not that you should always stop it. And in many cases, you'd like it to, to go to that. But in a lot of times in ponds, what happens is sedimentation occurs along the perimeters of ponds and they, they get inundated with cattails and they don't get usable for, for natural wildlife as well as for any kind of human use for, for boating or for fishing or for or aquaculture, you name it, for all kinds of things. So we're, we're, we've got a book on how to naturally eradicate. That's a much more specialized, and, and although still lots of, of thought and uh, lots of experts who have weighed in and helped us um, with, with, with their knowledge of what to do to do that. And then the next one is about, um, Mark, I'm losing it. What's the fifth one? Um, juicing, cattails, blue-green algae, backyard aquaculture, and there's a fifth one. My brain's gone. Duckweed? Or? Duckweed, absolutely. Yep, wow, that should have been the first one because it's maybe the one I'm most excited about. And that's, we call a species that most of the rest of the world calls limna. L-E-M-N-A, which is, is actually, that's part of the scientific name, but then around the rest of the world, it's called limna. We call that duckweed. It is the smallest flowering plant in the world. It has huge value in aquatic ecosystems. It is a great indicator of amazing water quality. You will only find duckweed or lemna in places where the water quality is excellent. So when it's present, it means something's being done right in an aquatic system. And uh, in Europe, they've begun to take a little bit more advantage of harvesting this, which you can do and won't affect it coming back because it'll literally, you can harvest what's on the surface of a pond one day and three days later it will have grown back. Um, and have the same kind of density it had before you did the harvesting. So it's very regenerative, very ecologically um, positive. Um, but it has really amazing nutritional qualities. I'm going to walk a little towards this busy road here. It's going to be a little background noise. I'll apologize for that. But I want to see how far along we are with this truck that I'm getting tires put on. Um, so let's just walk around the corner here real quick. And then I'll get back out of the noise. It's a noisy street. You can see a vehicle going by. Now oh, that's still sitting there, the truck is. This is a uh, eatery next to me called Shreds. And there's their food truck, Shreds. Ice cream, shaved ice cream, hot doggery. Uh, great dogs for a great cause. So they must give money to some great cause. We'll have to find out what they do. By the way, Mark and I were talking before we started. We think that hot dogs are probably an American phenomenon, um, not something you'd find around most of the world. Or if you do, they've come from America. <laughs> um, I think they are something that was original. Maybe Alicia can do a little research for us online as, as she looks that up. I'm going to stop right there and see if people have questions, comments, thoughts. Mark, how about you? Um, tell us about some, maybe some of the things that you're excited about related to these five books, or maybe some suggestions that the audience might have for some additional books that we can yeah. work on. Again, working with uh, these books, I really like uh, how AI is helping us write those books and designing 
uh, and on the flip book, it's really it's really amazing um, how easily we can we can put together um, put information, search for um, images, even um, even create uh, images, even create right. them. Really yep. cool. All yeah. these books, especially the duckweed and the cattail book, are going to have images that are AI generated. By the way, one of the things you got to watch with AI generated is, is whether it's accurate or not. And we've thrown a lot of things out that isn't accurate. You can't ever just publish something because it sounds good on AI. It, it's, you've got to make sure you've done all your background research and determine that it's real. So there's even some images that, you know, we ask it to do something of duckweed and it won't, it will show like lily pads <laughs> or something, which isn't duckweed. Um, but but anyway, keep going, Mark. So, right, and and um, the design aspect, like um, the how how you compose a book, it's a lot easier now. So um, that's really exciting, and even we can now create videos with AI, and yeah. just you know you put in prompts, and they give you. Um, the script and everything, and the video uh, is all, all by AI. That's really cool. And on the design side, we'll just tell you some of the tools we use. Um, we use a tool called Designer, um, D-E-S-I-N-G-N-N-R, Mark, or is it G-N-R-R, dot I-O. I know it's dot I-O. And maybe Mark can put in a link for it here a little bit later. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put in the link here uh, into the chat. For people By the way, can... we don't make anything from doing this um, right. <laughs> advertisement for them. We aren't an affiliate or anything like that. And there's some fees associated with designer, um, but it it and it doesn't. It's not something to create your text at all it's to put it all together it's to help you when you're getting to the last stage which is is to put it into a, a format that will look good as you publish your book and um and does things in columns or uh, paginates for you and shows you where you can put images and even has image suggestions for what we call public label right images which are ones that we can use for free um, and and lots of things of that nature. And then there are two, actually three, um, uh, we've tried a lot, but there are three AI programs that are relatively inexpensive, um, about $17 for, for one of them at least. I'm not gonna quote the numbers, but we'll also put some links out on those. One is called Edge, and I don't know the uh, the actual URL for that. It's not just Edge. It's there's something else in the URL for the, and it'd be the sales page that you could go to. And then there's another one called DZine, and uh, that one I don't remember exactly. You remember how that's spelled? Mark Edge is easy, E D G E, but what right. is DZine? How's that one spelled? It's D-E-Z-Y-G-N dot com. Okay, dot com. So if you just go to D, that spelling, dzine.com, it'll be the sales page. And it'll give you oh, oh, the ability to look through it and, and then decide if it's something that you might like. Um, and then the third one that we use is copy.ai. And it is... It's it's the most expensive of all these things. We we pay monthly for it. Now we we pay for it for our whole team, and not just for one individual. But I, I actually think we might give that up because we're not using it nearly as much anymore, and we're getting everything we need out of out of the two I mentioned before, Edge and DZine. I think Mark's used a couple of others. We have a whole bunch of them we bought because we want to test these things out so we can recommend them to people. And there's a right. bunch I wouldn't recommend, so I'm not going to mention those. Um, but Mark, is there any other that that we've used that you've liked also? And by the way, these will do writing. They'll do videos, like Mark said. They'll do voiceovers. 
they'll take text and turn it into video. They'll, I mean, it, it's the, the variety of what they do is amazing. They'll create images. Um, and, and so we'll, we'll create sort of, uh, let's say example, um, give us 10 different titles that, that you suggest that we could use or 20 for a topic for whatever we're gonna write something about. And so, you know, we, we write blog articles on a much more frequent basis, you know, several a week. And so we use that to help us first with the title, second with an outline, and then third with the actual production of the, of the article and or book itself. Right. Mark, what other thoughts about either any um, other ones that I didn't mention or any other thoughts you have about AI helping us with our composition process? Yeah, there's, there's one that's pretty simple to use. It's chat uh, GPT and we use that a lot. And then there's one more that I've used recently it's uh, in video AI, and in video, uh, it's the same. It just gives you uh, when you when you put in a prompt, uh, it gives you a video output with with the um, voiceover and everything, and it turns images into videos. So that's one one of one of the um, software that I used. Uh, I, I think um, you didn't mention that. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's another one we have. Yeah. And that's, that's a good, that's a good, that's a more specific one for right. a specific use. For video. Uh, yeah. By the way, I didn't mention chat GPT because chat BG and chat GPT is what all these are based on, right? The chat GPT, if you want to get free version, anyone can get it anywhere in the world. It's actually published through open AI. I think it is actually chatgpt.openai.open.ai, but, but it's free. All of these others are, are taking advantage in the background. They're using ChatGPT. So what they do is they help create prompts, things to tell it to do that are much better than you can do it by yourself. They'll give you all kinds of thoughts and ideas and then they'll do the prompt and and get the get the uh, chat GPT. It's it's what's running in the background on most of them. The other one that's that's also out there is Bard B A R D, which is which is the Google version of of an open sourced AI. And Bard, the advantage that Bard has over Chat GPT is that ChatGPT's most recent information is September of 2021, which means that if there's anything you really wanna get more up to date on, you can't get that information from ChatGPT, but BARD is up to date as to today. So in a few weeks back, I actually have, have and I've done this several times, pulled up what are the most, most talked about local events around the world that are environmental or ecological, and it'll pull things out for you that happened earlier today, even, or yesterday, where again, chat GPT is, is limited by its recently, uh, recency of time being September of 2021. <clears throat> Looks like we're very close to my truck being done. I might be able to walk over there. Deb's actually sitting in it. I'm gonna show it. You'll be looking at it as I walk towards it. She was gonna drive. So we're gonna keep, probably jump on the road here and uh, head on down the road. It'll be quiet inside the here. So you brought your dogs with you, right? In that Thanks truck? Thank you. Are we done? Oh, it's Deb. Hi, Deb. I'm going to go say thank you to these guys. Just a second, Mark. I'm going to walk inside and say thank you. I don't mind you guys hearing me do that. <laughs> and it, it looks like we have Lisa in the audience. I can unmute her and she'll be able to talk. Guys, thanks so much for working on that truck. Oh, you're very welcome. I appreciate it. 
I talked to your wife about about 50 miles. We want to check those levels. Oh, okay. Make sure they stay tight. So maybe we're going toward Boise. So Tremont or something. Or yeah, that way. Tremont perfect. would be perfect. Yeah. 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 That's good. Yeah. Okay. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank Have you. a great day. So Lisa is on. She can talk if she wants to. Uh, right now she's I muted. I just stepped off something there. There's my new tire, by the way. Oh, there. wow. <laughs> That's nice. And I don't have to drive now. Since I'm doing cool. this, I can have Deb drive for a while. Yeah, that's that's nice. And hello to Deb. She said hello. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can show you something out of the uh, front window here that as we drive just a little bit, because we're going to go by, you're going to go on that way. Did you plug it in? Going back that direction? Well, you need to plug it in. Oh, that's right. So I'm going to mention this, and this is something where we get some benefit from. We are testing out something called Govi. Mark, would you pull that up and share your screen? So it's okay. G O V D I dot com. And um, well, read that. So here you go. Let me show you how to go through the. Oh, okay. 13.0, 182, and then you just hit it. Okay, everybody, Debs, I'm going to uh, put something on. I don't know how to do it, Deb. Here, Deb's going to put a text. This is a product that that is a is a catalyst. There's a lot of great science about it. That if you and you put a pill that is very small. I'll actually show you one. It's about a quarter inch by uh, three eighths of an inch by an eighth of an inch. And you add it to approximately 15 gallons of fuel and it causes your fuel to burn more efficiently. Um, our vehicles are internal combustion engines do not very efficiently burn fuel. And, um, and this product will, I'd go around the block, Deb, just go that way. Um, this product will um, cause it to much more uh, efficiently combust. It's not new, it's not a new concept. It's been around a while, but it is, it is uh, incredibly, I would go that way and just go back to uh, where you were. I think this will go all the way through to that street that we came on, whatever that was, that way. Well, this one, I think, had a stoplight on it. Uh, well, this, we're, we were way past these. I wanted to show you guys, these are two spiritual structures here that are amazing architecture, and they're what we call the Mormon church which is one of the groups, of groups here that's a picture of one right there that it's just we're just driving by it um they just have some great preacher um and uh, these are the wasatch front mountains that are running in north to south uh right along this area so you're seeing them in the background these are just the foothills of them that you're seeing the the actual big mountains rise a lot higher than this stuff these do throwing out a lot at you and as i mentioned earlier this is brigham city where we're at right now um and uh headed now west again towards boise idaho um but anyway back to govi um we're testing it and we're doing research as we're on the road here you add one of these pills to every 15 gallons of fuel that you put in, and it will increase your mileage by about 20%, your miles per gallon, and or better. And if you did that, you want to go that way, Deb, if this is the street you were on. Um, 
if uh, if you and, and they cost about three dollars a pill. And so if you get on 15 gallons of gas, if you get a 20 percent increase, if your car is getting 25 gallons per mile before you use it, a 20 percent increase would be five gallons more, which would be 30. Your savings for that gas in today's prices would be about $15. So for $3, you get a $15 savings in fuel costs. It also will increase your engine life because it's causing that more of the fuel to combust, less of it to be emissions. It's also hugely important for emissions. It, it greatly reduces emissions. Did you get that, Deb, so you can turn this off now? Did you get that number? Yeah, but you need to set it. I know. Can I do it? Yes, I put it in a text. So we have an automatic fuel uh, mileage detector on our vehicle, but we're also doing it manually as we drive along. And so I just reset it because we just had fueled up with fuel before we had a flat tire, which is what we're dealing with. Anyway, what else do people have to think about and talk about? Uh, we have Lisa. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, we have Lisa uh, in the audience. So let's see if she, she is willing to share anything with us. Um, she's unmuted. So let's see. Lisa, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, hello, everybody. No, I just uh, wanted to listen in. I knew Wayne was traveling today and I was curious to be able to listen. So I don't have any questions today, but I'm glad you were able to get your flat tire fixed and interesting to listen to hear about these new things, the, the combust fuel pills. And uh, you said you're testing them. Are they available to the public or because I this is the first time I've uh, heard about them. Yeah, they are. They're not widely available yet, meaning they're not very well marketed and advertised yet. Um, they're the company that makes them is very close to where I'm at here in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And um, I'm only about 100 miles north of there, maybe even less than that. I'm going to try to visit with them actually next week if I can. But we're trying to help them figure out how to get them more broadly because they really need to be marketed even worldwide because gosh over where mark is where they have all these what they call two-stroke engines that are on scooters and things and and the, the the brown cloud that they create i just happened to watch something about um, singapore yesterday and uh no cambodia excuse me and how horrible the pollution is in a lot of the larger cities because of really bad engine combustion. So um, I can figure out a way for you to get them, Lisa. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that sounds interesting. I'd be interested in uh, trying that out and experimenting with it myself, especially when you say it like, helps the uh, engines, it, it extends the life of engines. Yeah, yeah, really three benefits, improve mileage, engine life extension and better emissions control. So lesser emissions. This is where we found out we had the flat tire. It's a, a fuel station called Loves that are all over the Western United States, actually even all over the country. It's one of these, I think it's right here. It's the entrance on the interstate. Yeah, I also have got another fuel improvement device that's on its way to me that um, this one is actually electronic and you actually plug it in to where you would normally plug a device into your car to read the computer. And all cars have them post, I think 1996. Um, so they were present in some between 1991 and 1996. Since 1996, everything worldwide really has ha has them. And so they're right below your steering wheel, um, underneath the dash. And 
you would plug this device into it and um, it will improve the electronics so that you're getting better fuel economy. And again, this is one where there's no residual. You're not putting a pill in every time you get gas. Instead, you put these on, you leave it on, and you can take it off if you're going to be using that port, it's called, to do different measurements about your car. But, um, but again, mainly you just leave it there. It's supposed to get in that 15 to 20% fuel improvement range also. And the cost of it is $35. Again, ridiculously cheap. How much I just spent on top on two tires for this car, which I was telling Mark earlier, I did that before the car. It is crazy. I don't know if you've put new tires on at all recently, Lisa, but car tires have gone up in price at least double, you know, the last five years maybe even no, two i need years. to do i need to look at tires for, for for the winter and i've been putting it off so you're reminding me of something i have to do and and haven't been looking forward to doing it so i hear you by the way i i don't know if you were on to see it but i went in and thanked the guys that did this work you know, in this world today, when they, they say that people don't help other people do things and, you know, supply chain and whatever, I drove in there and we've got a, a bunch of dogs with us. It's a, it's a relatively hot day. It's not something where we want to be just stopped to where they get started to get warm. And they literally just pulled it into a place to get it worked on immediately when we got after we got there. And um, and they had it done in an hour, Deb. Maybe wouldn't even maybe say it was even an hour. Um, and I just I had to thank them, so I actually had the video running while I was thanking them. So now we're looking over at the Wasatch Front again. Um, look at the striations there um, in the mountain and the, the kinds of minerals that would have been showing you different ages through time. Um, there's a lower area where there's lots of vegetation. It gets into a rocky area that's timber way up at the top. Um, it's very typical that here in the West that, that depending on the, the location where you're at, that one side of a mountain range will not have much timber on it and the other side will be very timbered. So there's clouds that are over the top of that peak right there but you can see the timber is up on the sort of north we're, we're i'm looking straight east with this view and uh and you can see that the timber is just right up at the tops of them going on the east side so if we went over to the other side of this range the wasatch front range is only one big chain of mountains wide it's not more than one a lot of the other mountain ranges, the Rocky Mountains, the Pacific Mountains have multiple ranges, one right after another. Um, but this one is really only one one wide. And this is a hay field right down below us. It's actually wet in places. You can see some water sitting there. Um, the Great Salt Lake is right out that way. You don't see it here, but it's the largest inland water in the U.S. that's not at all attached to an ocean. Um, and uh, because the Great Lakes are bigger, but they're attached to an ocean and the, salt, the Great Salt Lake is not. Matter of fact, it, it's almost isolated and it's gotten so salty that nothing grows and it's basically dead. Um, so what other thoughts, anybody? Questions, thoughts? Okay, so nobody put any questions yet. Um, nothing from the audience. But, By the way, this is uh, an interstate that we're on. I don't know what these kinds of roads would be like in other parts of the world, but here in the US, 
if you're not, not right in a city, which we're not, we're like, maybe 70 miles north of Salt Lake City, which is the biggest area. It, the traffic is the vast majority of the vehicles are big trucks that are shipping things. So we happen to be in a stretch right here where there's more cars ahead of us, but and not trucks. But uh, but through most of the rest of our day to day, probably sixty percent or more of the vehicles are trucks. And what what's the highway uh, speed limit? Where are you at? It's 65 here? 75. 75, 75 miles per hour. So wow, convert okay. that to metric. Mark, what we're right. 60 is about 100 kilometers per hour. And so 75 would be about, what, 120 kilometers per hour. So 75 would be. Yes, it's 100, 120. Doesn't even show it, does it? A lot of American cars will have their speedometers that show both kilometers per hour and just miles per hour. It's been variable throughout the trip. It's been as high as 80. Uh, miles per hour uh, when you go through cities it goes down to as low as maybe 55 in places exits like you see there it's 45 again you were just in europe lisa it's highways there have a lot less speed limits right and maybe the side roads do but i think we're the most regulated in the world in terms of highway speed. I'm not sure, but maybe Australia would be as much. I've been in England, it's not there as much. So been throughout Scotland, British the islands there. Yeah, I had the opportunity to experience driving in Sicily um, a little bit on the highways there and there are speed limits posted and um, it's kind of recommended for, you know, the locals, I think, follow their own um, speed limits, I guess you would call it their own flow. But uh, what I experienced really driving in Sicily was that there's, uh, even though it seems a little less regulated than here in the United States, my personal experience was that uh, people were more polite to each other. So if someone wanted to go fast on the highway, the slower people just stayed on the on the side on the right side and passing on the left. So I noticed much less like um, lane blockages because I experienced that here in the Northeast. It's a people will drive slowly in the fast lanes and it's hard to pass. But it was it was pretty uh, congenial driving. I just noticed something here. We just went past something that's interesting. We're in Utah, state of Utah. And we just went past what would have been the framework passed for a billboard along the road. And I'm betting that Utah must have fairly recently banned the use of billboards for advertising on highways, because that looked like one that used to be one and they didn't take down the framework yet. And I haven't seen it, so it's interesting. I almost bet Utah passed some regulation, which is a good thing, I think. These things can be ugly in different places. Right, so are you, on your travels, are you gonna be uh, having to go up into the elevations on the Wasatch Range that you mentioned, or are you going around it? We went through a pass. So we went through the pass that took us up to about 8,000. And um, Salt Lake is probably 2,500. So we went down from 8,000 to 2,500 and went by several of the ski areas that are right outside of Salt Lake in the Wasatch. 
um, Deer Valley and Snow Basin. Um, and not, we didn't go, you can go into Salt Lake and go right by Park City, um, which is one of the really well-known uh, areas here. Uh, so yeah, but you know, the reality is Lisa, other than seeing your fuel mileage go up and down and sometimes maybe breaking a little on the downhill, you don't really know you're going up and down that much. Um, it's not like it's winding roads. You're still going 75 miles an hour around curves even. The curves are not very curvy. Uh, and by the way, you're gonna wanna, it's like, you, well, no, you're gonna get on 84 here sometime soon, so, okay. You don't wanna go on 15, that takes you. No, you don't wanna go to 120. Um, so yes, we did go through, but it's nothing like going over pass where you'd be on a windy road, <laughs> you know, not, not, a, not the best of highways. Well, that's good. It sounds like it's a pretty pleasant drive. Oh, it's so we leave. We left our house this morning for the first mile. We're on gravel that is just our driveway, essentially. It's ours. We share it with some other people also. But it's it's a driveway. And once we got off that, we were on two lane roads for about the first hundred miles, but nice roads going through Colorado. As soon as we get into Wyoming, it goes to four lanes, two lanes each way, and isn't an interstate right away, but once you get a little further along, it turns into an interstate. And we were on an interstate all the way through Wyoming, and we went the entire east-west length of the state of Wyoming. And then we went into Utah, and we're on interstate. We will be going into Idaho soon, and we'll be on interstate. As we go into Oregon, we'll actually be back on a two-lane road, but it's a very nice highway, um, all the way to the Cascade Mountains, where we'll go over the Cascades down into the, what's called Willamette Valley um, and into the uh, Corvallis area. And that'll, I've not driven on that road that we'll be coming into Corvallis on. That's gonna be the one stretch of this whole trip that I haven't done before. Um, so anyway, um, and Deb, he told us we should get off. So when we're done with the webinar here, we're gonna wanna get in a rest area. Yeah, and, well, the the vistas look really amazing as I'm watching it on the video screen, and I'm so, curious to I'm curious to know like how has um has this area of the country been um safe from not safe but have they how have they fared from the weather? I know um, a lot of places have experienced wildfires and droughts, and I'm curious how the ecology is doing. Yeah, great question. Again, I used to drive this road a lot from Boise to Salt Lake, which is about a four hour drive. And I could have shown you burn scars from various different fires. I don't know whether we'll see any today. I have not heard of any, and I don't. I haven't seen any fire burn scar areas so far. I haven't heard of there being any here in this part of the country. Um, the, the pastures you've been seeing are way greener right now than they normally would be this late in the summer because it was really, really wet in June. I mean, record wet, but I don't think to the extent of flooding. Um, so it was actually a good thing. And that, you can see a field out there that's incredibly green for this time of the year. That would be irrigated. Um, and so that's water that either comes from a system of ditches or, or groundwater wells or something. And this is a very dry area, very prone to fires. Um, this, this area is not as timbered, so it would be what we call range fires. 
and they can burn very fast. Um, and they're actually sometimes intentionally set because they will burn areas that normally a lightning would cause fires anyway, and they'll actually cause the vegetation to get better, they add more nutrients to the soil. Um, but you can see here, this is some um, the typical vegetation. That is um, a uh, biggest plant you see over to the right now is native and it is, it's, it's called um, button brush and, um, and, and sagebrush. So most of it is sagebrush. This area only gets about 14 inches of rainfall annually. And most of that comes in the form of snow and in the winter. So it is incredibly dry here from, from the end of March, let's say, to the beginning of January, when there might be winter storms. Um, and yet it can get some pretty severe storms, um, winter storms, but the, the snow would melt pretty quickly. Lots of sunlight here because, of, because it's such a dry, a dry desert area. But you see sunflowers that are growing out there, those little yellow flowers that you see, those are native to the area. There's a whole bunch of them right there. Um, that wouldn't normally be, is that those would have already dried up this time of the year, typically. Here's a whole field of them right next to um, So it, 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 it's just the opposite, Lisa, whatever additional rainfall there's been have been positive there. I don't think this area was affected by anything. Negative, sure. By the way, yeah. what do they say about Hurricane Lee? Is it going to hit Maine? They say it might make landfall in Maine. I haven't looked at it recently. So it looked like it was tracking up, uh, yeah, up north, north, up to Maine, like you said. There's a western phenomena that I'm seeing. If you see it out there now, that's an irrigation system. Um, pivot they call it so there's a center to it and that that device that doesn't have any water yeah it does too it's watering right now so they're watering but that that goes in a circle and they can be as big as 160 acres so that's a quarter of a square mile because a square mile is 640 acres four times that and one pivot can be water uh, as much as 160 acres. Um, that's that's one of those arguable kinds of either positive or negative situations in this part of the world. Is that are we depleting the groundwater by these irrigation systems? Um, arguable, and and you know there's both sides of that that situation. I'm a lover of old buildings. Here's an old barn that's falling down right here on the right. I don't know the vintage of that, but it's old. You know, early, maybe 1900s, even potentially. It had a metal roof, but that was not the original roof. You can see that somebody added that a little later. So, Lisa, here's an example. We're going to go over a pass here, which I think is going to be not anywhere near the seven, 8,000 feet that we went over earlier, but this one might be five. So we're going uphill pretty good right now. It's, are we already, are we already going down? We're already over the pass. Did you see what the elevation was? The top end? Uh, I'm going to guess it was maybe below 5,000 even. We're going down right now. It looks like we're going up. <laughs> um, White's Valley. Most of these names of roads are named after people. So it's different people's names that probably are ranchers in the area. That's very indicative out there, that look of native Western area. It's been grazed pretty good this summer. That's why the vegetation is down. I don't see any cattle anywhere near us now. But we'll, we'll see cattle here sometime soon. 
you see the fence right up there, just 50 yards from the road. So that's an area that was, has that rock that has fallen there is because it, it's steep and in the area, you know, as flow came down and it pushed the rock down. So here's a, here's a question from Faye and she asks, why don't they plant trees on those hills? Would not enough water. water. They wouldn't not grow. Water. They, would, okay. they would not grow. Not enough water. Okay, um, so and, and the soil types. It's very sandy. And I'm not sure there'd be appropriate nutrients. Now, remember I said all these areas, one side of them are going to be pretty barren of trees. The other side won't. So now look at the other side here, though. There's trees up there. And um, that means that's wetter. It's a lot more water that's in the soil there. And probably a little more clay type soil. This is very sandy. Now, here's some trees over here on the right in an abandoned farm area. Those were planted. Those are, those are not native trees. And that old structure there is down in a valley. And those trees were, those are 50 old trees or more. And they're not native. And if they weren't watered, they wouldn't be there. So it's almost always water is our limitation for where you see trees. Great question, by the way. And we've got to be going up here to, yeah, I don't think we've hit the pass yet. We might've hit another pass, but there's, we're not to the top of the bigger one here yet. And this is a, a, a secondary mountain range. I don't even know what it's called. Um, that is not the primary Rocky Mountains. We're in an area that's that one right. And we are at the top. Before uh, we get a view of the big, beautiful rocks that are going to be to our north. Um, again, you can see that little bit of green out there in the distance. That's an ir another irrigated field. <laughs> And you might ask, well, okay, you irrigate it. Why can't you plant trees there? The soil's not going to be great for them, but you probably could grow them there, but they would not be as profitable. They wouldn't be able to generate as much revenue for the farmer that owns that field as the, the wheat or barley or corn, some kind of grain that they can grow there and get crops every year from where trees you know, you might have to take 100 years before, 50, 20, at least 20 years before you'd be able to see some benefit from it. Again, I'm looking west now, almost straight west. That far down, we might see the Great Salt Lake down here to the south. Now we're too far away from it now. Yeah. Um, the the, um, uh, what would I call it, logo kind of for Utah is a bumblebee hive. And the whole saying is that Utahns are busy as bees. And so there was a sign that we just went by that had that bumblebee on it. Bumblebee hive, excuse me, the hive. This is kind of fun doing this, being able to look. I actually think the big pass is up there ahead of us. Now that's when we're going to hit the top of it. At some point here, we'll come into Idaho pretty quickly, I think.
and Lisa's right, slower traffic in US highways is supposed to stay to the right so that you can pass on the left, like we're doing right now, passing this truck. But it's not at all uncommon for people to drive in the left when they should be farther to the right. They're going too slow. That's a dam right over there, by the way, that we're seeing that where the, the ground is kind of uh, beige color. That's a reservoir that would be behind that. So that's not natural. And maybe we'll be able to see the little body of water. So again, a farmstead right here, abandoned. Those are all cottonwood trees that have grown there. Um, we're not gonna get to see what's behind that dam. These are newer grain elevators. So this is what farmers will store their grain in um, over here on the right. And these are very new ones, less than 10 years old, probably. Old farm building out there in the distance with a grain storage container next to it. That's newer. Looks like that one's abandoned also. This is wheat that's out in that field, right beyond this fence, but it wasn't grown this year. That's not this year's crop. They let this field be what's called fallow and maybe they graze cattle in it, but it doesn't look like it. And they're just letting it sit, which is very smart. We call that rotational farming, letting that soil get back its natural nutritional elements. This is another one across the way. Any other questions or comments, Mark? We're about, we're over the time. So I'll, why don't we just end it here in a second? Yeah. Any questions from anyone? Um, yes, so uh, Faye has a follow-up question on the windward windward side. Is probably why the uh, one side has trees, and then she says the benefit from trees is rain rainfall improvement, huge long-term benefits. Okay, so this is just a follow-up comment from her, uh, and I, I don't see any questions. Okay. Well, and she is right. The prevailing winds here would be from the west, which is the side that is where we've been looking at. Those are the east. That's facing west where there aren't any trees. So that is windward typically, at least the, when there's heavy winds. Um, when there's east wind, it's usually very light. Um, Here's some cattle, by the way, first ones that I've seen grazing out in the pasture. Those are really good comments. This is a this is this year's wheat field. This has already been harvested, so that's what we call the stubble, wheat stubble in that field. It was probably cut in August, maybe maybe even July, and that will be left stubble will and they'll probably graze it even and again rotate next year that might be sugar beets it might be left fallow which is not growing any fertile essentially uh, utilized crops for the year well i think it's a good time to call it for the day thank you for putting up with me being on the road and I will next week also um, we'll probably be actually back on the other side of these mountains next Thursday um, and we'll do this from the road again but maybe we'll make sure to stop like we did for the first part of this webinar today speed limits increased by the way up to 80 
we don't ever go that fast in this truck just because it doesn't if the fuel mileage goes way down i don't think it's good on the engines just lots of things about it so anyway i'm going to sign off here mark thank you so much lisa thanks for coming on Faye, thank you for your comments alicia anyone else all the audience all you watching it is as oh here's our pass this is what i was looking at let's see what it says here doesn't give the elevation so it's called rattlesnake pass that's not a good sign by the way i don't like rattlesnakes um is this the same truck we passed no it's a different one these are um I don't know what they are. I was going to say they might be wrapped fiber from sheep or something, but that wasn't what that was. All right, Mark, anything else? Mm, no, nothing else from the audience. Uh, there's one comment from Lisa. She is thanking, uh, thanks, Deb, for driving while uh, Wayne does the webinar and sharing the beautiful scenery of the highway and everything else. So, yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you, Deb. There's a, there she is smiling. Um, all right, well, thank you everybody. And um, we will talk again soon. We've got some other really cool webinars coming up with guests here the week after next. Got um, Sam, what's Sam's last name? Um, Sam is, yeah, uh, uh, Sam Kovali. Okay. And we've got we've got Robert Messino and we've got John right. Liu. And yep. all three of those are going to be off the charts special. So please come on live with us for those. Lisa, any other thoughts from you? No, I I'm complete. I enjoyed seeing the uh, scenery and uh, Thanks again to Deb for driving and thanks for sharing uh, the information about the some fuel saving and some ecological education about the uh, the Northwest there. Nice time. Yep, thank you. And she got that right. This is part of what would be called the Pacific Northwest. So. All right. Thanks, everybody. Mark, why don't you take us out? Hey, everybody. I bet you enjoyed that immensely. That was one of our most amazing presentations here at the EAT community. Please look forward to our next podcast in the very near future, and we look forward to seeing you again on the EAT Community Podcast.